0: We've been talking about obviously going around the Advent wreath and, and doing the different things and, and and I will be honest I am my my main focus is on joy I just joy is one of those things I enjoy <coughs> excuse me now mm. go get with me yeah, that's it great <coughs> now we're gonna have a cough so that's great things just happen sometimes anyway the the Lord has blessed us and this time of year. Joy is one of those things we just really—it just kind of resonates, and we will mention faith in there too. But uh, like, I, as I was preparing for these, uh, joy has always been third Sunday. If you if you look online about the different days of Advent, you will you will find that they're all over the map. What order they go in, and what wh- which ones are what, there where why how, and and, you, and and so to find the real one, I don't know that there is a real one, but. They pretty much boil down to the hope, love, joy, peace, kind of, and there's some swirls around there, and some do peace second, some do love last, you know, it just goes all over the map, but we're doing it this way, because that's the way we're going to do it. Our scripture passage this morning is the very familiar Christmas story in Luke chapter two, and those that are able, if you'd like to stand with me as we read God's word. In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that the census would be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people." Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into the heavens, into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. And which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, found Mary and Joseph, and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seated, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. So we have hope, we have love, and we can't help but have joy. Now, unfortunately, we tend to not be joyful this time of year. You ever notice that? How is that possible? Of all the times Christians should be joyful is this time of year. And we should be filled with that. So what's wrong with us? What, why no joy? Well, let's look at a few things. Stress. Think about it. Stress. Now I'm not just talking about the stress that people put on you. You know, we have, all have stress, and people put on bosses or or people around us, friends, family, all those people that put some extra stuff on it. Just I'm really thinking about the stress we put on ourselves. You ever notice that? I mean, I beat myself up way more than anybody else beats me up. I really do, and my guess is I'm not the only one. We find that. So, what are you talking about? How, what is it? How, how we have to have the perfect gift. The decorations have to be perfect. We have to have perfect meals we have to plan out. Y'all have certain meals. You have certain times. Of the year. you know we. It's Christmas Day is this meal, and Christmas Eve is this meal. We have to have it just right. And my house has to be the perfect Chex Mix. Chex Mix is one of my favorite snacks, and unfortunately I eat entirely too much of it during this time of year. Perfect cookies. Do you all have your favorite cookies? That's right. Well, my, poor, my poor wife has to fix all these different kinds of cookies because all of us have our own favorites. My mom did it way back when. My mom would always make, my, my sister's favorite were the little peanut butters with the kiss on top. And and mine are the butter cookies, the one you just stamp out like that. Those are, those are my favorite. My brother's favorite are the sugar cookies that are flat. He wants them really flat and crispy with the icing on them. That's how he likes them. And my mom made them just right and nobody's been able to reproduce it just like that. My son has come the closest. But his the sugar My dad's were those, they, some of them called them wedding cookies, the pecan with the powdered sugar on top, those pecan fingers or delights or whatever you want to call That was his favorite. You see, we all had our own favorites. And my poor mom had to cook all of our favorites so that we all were happy at Christmas. We have to, We put stress on ourselves don't we? because we want all these things and have them there. Perfect wrapping. Now, I am the world's worst wrapper. It looks like, you know, a two-year-old did it. And and that way, my my wife is everything's creased good and good and nice bows and all those things. When I was doing music, it was the perfect cantata. All the choir members, you know, will say that. Now it's the perfect Christmas sermon that I worry about. We want the lights just right. My my brother-in-law. Went over the board. If any of you all are have our friends or see me on Facebook, I, I put a little picture of it. I've I've seen those kind of lights that go with the music and do that on TV and stuff. But my brother-in-law actually did it at his house. So he's got the you know, all the lights going on the things. I am glad I am not his next-door neighbor. Whatever you do, though, you're responsible for. you. We kind of need to do everything just right. We think it's got to be just right. We've got to make sure that this year is bigger and better than last year. Now, I think I mentioned to you before, we used to do a bigger and better fellowship where you start with something small and you end up with something big. Because we, we want to get bigger and it's got to be better. And, we, and everything has boiled down to that, hasn't it? You know, I... You know, we did music camp in the summer and this year had to be better than last year's. Or or we had to put more into it this time. And cantatas, we get caught up in those things. And, And our worship service, we get all this stuff and we decide that bigger is better. Why? I don't know. It's that stress we put on ourselves. We can make ourselves crazy trying to outdo others or what happened to us last year. But you know, there were mistakes last year. Believe it or not, there were notes missed, there were things happened, I probably got tongue-tied when I preached, all those things happened, and guess what, a cookie might have broken, (gasps) how dare it, lights didn't work on the tree, or your favorite tree just disappeared, (laughs) you know, your favorite ornament, or favorite whatever. You see what I'm saying? We can't ever count our lives on what's happened last year or how it's going to be better this year or how we're not going to have stress this year. Don't we say that every year? Now, I'm just not going to stress myself out this year. I'm going to take it easy. And what do we do? No. We try to live on our, we try to make sure our lives are done by the performance or the perceived expectations, our um. That we may have, you know, our problem is expectations, isn't it? We expect to do things a little better this time. We expect things to go this way. We have it in our little heads exactly how it would go. What would the birth of Christ look like if we'd have done it? Think about it. The Savior of the world coming? Well, we we would have made a big fanfare. We'd have rolled out the red carpet for Mary and Joseph. We would have had him in a palace. We'd have had all the right people at the right stations of life be there. Let's come on, folks. That's what we would have done. Be, why? Because we would want to make a big majesty and glory thing of it. Because we, we know how great a big thing is. Yet God didn't do it that way, did He? A manger, cattle around a smelly old barn you don't think, you don't think about what, it was really dirty. You can have your baby in a barn. Think about it. That doesn't sound like the Savior of the world coming. See, we would have messed it all up. We would have made sure it was glamorous and the right people and the right things. And all the flashing lights and probably had the spotlights going and saying, the Savior's born. You know, you know fireworks, That's what I'd have done. I said, man, let's make a big deal of it. Let's show the world what's happening. No, because you see, Christ didn't come for that. Christ came for the simple people, for those, for everyone, not just the glamorous people, not just the glitz and the glamour and all the stuff we think. So why do we want to make it so complicated? I think we try to. Like I said, we've all of a sudden got to have everything just right. All the things have got to be right in place. Make sure that um, we were joking the other day because, you know, most of us have nativity scenes in our house, right? We have our nativity scenes, got them all there. And what do we do? We put the wise men with the nativity scene, don't we? Well, there was a, a lady that discovered that she found out that really the wise men did not come or the magi did not come the night Jesus was born. It was probably two years later. So why are they in our nativity scenes with the baby and the major? So she all of a sudden started taking all her wise men away from it and put them somewhere else and, and having them somewhere else. Because she got And you know, and, and that's that's exactly what I'm getting at. We can get so caught up in the logistics and the little things that have gotta be perfect in this way that we forget to celebrate what it's all really about. Yet yeah, maybe the wise man didn't come the night he was actually born. But guess what? They did come, and what did they do? They brought gifts. Why did they bring it? Because they came to worship. They came from a foreign country. They didn't know anything about what, the, but they knew something was up with that star. They were astrologers. They understood things. Yet here we go, and we try to make things complicated. See, God set up the entire scene to bring joy to the people. You set it all up. So we have our stress and we have our expectations. We set ourselves up for failure most of the time because of our expectations. Of ourselves and of everything. You know what I'm talking about. We set them way too high. We expect things and people to bring us joy. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, if I had that perfect gift, that would do it. If if I had just the right people around me, that would do it. We also know that that sets us up for disappointment, doesn't it? (laughs) Because after a while, people and toys and stuff wears off. You know, the joy and excitement of the first dates remember that it's hard to remember it's a long time ago for most of us but that first date was you know really expectations and this is gonna be great and we think getting married first year of marriage you know how everything's perfect not really turns out it's not exactly what you expected you know come on we all did this I'm guessing we've all been there done that we've all had those things we expect that, that toy to have and then it got broken. You know that favorite toy you just had to have and it got broken? Or the, what? what's even worse is that toy you got and you found out that the box it came in is more fun to play with than the toy. And if you've got little children know exactly what I'm talking about. They played in the box way longer than they played with the toy. Why is that? It wasn't exactly how we expected it to be, was it? We expect Christmas to be less stressful and to go much smoother than the ones of the past. We still think over, but soon we're overwhelmed, aren't we? Because we find ourselves putting ourselves through the basic, same stuff. We keep doing everything we can. Joy always comes from the places that we unexpected. You ever caught yourself in that? Something happened and you went, oh, I wasn't expecting this to bring a smile to my face. I wasn't expecting the box to be so much fun when the toy was supposed to be the thing that was fun. I wasn't expecting that person that I wasn't really sure about and all that turns out to be the one. Or that best friend all of a sudden, that person you never thought you could ever relate to, could ever get along with, all of a sudden they become your close friend. I look. I look at some of you have met my man, my buddy Todd, who's at First Baptist Monroe. He's the pastor at First Monroe. Todd and I are opposites. You would never put us together as good friends. Todd can pinch a penny, man. That boy, he has always got a coupon when we go to lunch, or he's always got to find the deal. You know, he'll eat for two bucks. You know, I, you know how he does it. You know, he that's who he is. Me, Psh, I don't care. Whatever it costs anything. We'd go Christmas shopping and he'd, he'd fight, you know, just worry over spending 20 bucks for a t-shirt and I'd I'd spend 200 bucks on lamps. Not even think about it. You know, I mean, that's the kind of, that's how we were. We're so opposite when it comes out. He is very insightful. He has his, sermon, his sermons. One He has it listed out just exactly right. It's meticulous and he knows exact, Very spot on. When we went to football games, he brought the snacks for his kids in his pocket, so when they needed something, he just have them little snacks. You know, my kids are coming with their hands out for money to go to the snack bar. You know, and I'm doling out money, and he's going, oh, no, here's snacks. You know, I'm not paying no money. That's, that's how opposite we are. Yeah, we are best buds. We, we, we bounce off each other, and we get different ideas. I would have never put us together. He's 10 years younger than me. And, you know, but yet... We are really good friends. Why is that? Because it's unexpected. It's the way God works, it's the way joy works. It's unexpected. It comes at times you need to least expect. You're in a time that's sad, and you're all of a sudden, a smile comes on your face. How am I smiling there, this? How is this happening? The unexpected Christ turns out to be the Savior of the world. Joy comes bursting forth. When they least expected? Do you think those shepherds out there in the field at night were worried about these sheep? Were thinking about anything joyful coming along their way? Of course not. What does it say? They were out in their fields tending their flocks, at night dealing with these old smelly sheep. These old people doing this, thing, and all of a sudden an angel appears to them and tells them, and they're, th- and they're going, "Oh no! What have we done now? We're in trouble." You know, that's the first, that's the first thought you have. Anybody been pulled over by a police to tell you how good a driving you've done? No. Exactly. And so they're thinking, the angel's coming, they're not coming to tell me how a good person I am, they're coming to tell us what I've been doing wrong. You know, we think about it, because who are we? We're pessimists, right? We think we think, oh they're out to get us. They thought this angel's going to come zap them or something, you know. And all of a sudden he says, we've got good news. We've got tidings of great joy. Now we all know that joy is not happiness, right? We like to Put the two together and mush them together. That's not the way it works. Happiness is usually brought on by a thing or a person or something, and it's a fleeting kind of thing. It's just something that makes you happy. You know, It could be a, a joke on Facebook, or it could be a smiley face that pops up out of nowhere. That brings you a smile to it. Joy comes what? Much deeper. It's that deep insight. It's that stuff that happens even when stuff goes wrong, when things are not right. So here's the lowest people of all, the shepherds, are called... In to worship. Come and worship the king. The angels visit them. And many people, um, many theologians will tell you that when it says a company, that's like probably thousands. It wasn't just you know three or four. When we set up our little nativity scenes, it's usually three or four. You know, we have angels. There was a host of them, they were everywhere. Just so then all of a sudden, when the angels visit. Christmas comes rushing all over them. There's a lot of times that I'm in a worship service or a Christmas service or something when all of a sudden, what, Christmas just whoosh, washes over you. You go, oh, this is what it's really all about. This is about Christ. Joy comes to all people. No matter where you come from, joy is yours. It's more than happiness. It's more than laughter. It's more than exuberance. Joy is that contentment, that feeling of, okay, things are not going well, I have nothing. Joy is a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Joy is that feeling when you see someone succeed at something for the first time. Parents, when your child ties their shoe for the first time, by themselves. I mean it, joy. Or they all of a sudden picked up their room themselves. They forget that quickly afterwards. But Joy is good news that will be for all the people. Joy is a savior that comes so you can have life eternal and abundant. Joy is Mary treasuring all these things in her heart. We skim over that. Think about what she was going through. She'd been through all the, what we talked about last week, ridicule, all the stuff, all the people making fun, all the people, all the looks. All of a sudden, the baby has come. And she's just soaking it in. The shepherds are coming to worship. People are starting to realize this is more than just a baby. Joy is shepherds glorifying God. Joy is a child coming to sing praises to God. You ever seen children come and sing? There's nothing like it. You want to fill your church up? Have a bunch of children come up here and sing. Every grandparent, every parent, all the folks want to come see it. Those children would say, hey, we're singing, sonny. You need to come hear us sing. We're awesome. Whether they are or not, it doesn't matter. It's the joy that they have when they sing. Joy is a senior adult that takes all the pain of life and still praises God with our heart. Folks, look around. We have one or two senior adults in here, right? You know, most senior adults have been through a lot of pain just because that's life. Yet they still come, they still praise God. Why? That's the way joy works. Joy is a young father that knows God will take care of him, him and his family even when the bank account is empty. Most of us have been there. Might be there today. But most of us have been there where that bank account is empty but yet we can still find joy in what Christ has done. Joy is knowing those close to you have a relationship in Christ. Boy, when that person you've been praying for comes to the Lord, you want to talk about joy? I don't care what's going on in your life. When that person accepts Christ and, you, and you've been praying for them, woo, that's a happy day and a joyful day. Come on, folks, get with me. You know, that'll wake you all up. Joy is hope and love rolled together to help us celebrate the Savior is with us. Joy is helping those in need. You know what I'm talking about. If you've ever gotten to go work at a homeless shelter or you've gone and given out things for people in need, giving out food, whatever it may be, that will bring a joy like none other. Joy is the grace we received. When you're given grace, when you've messed up, that will bring joy. Joy is forgiveness of sin. Joy is new life from within. We are here today to experience that joy. That's what Christ has called us to do. He is saying this is great joy to all the people. That's everybody. That's not just the preacher. It's not just the music person. It's not just, it's everyone. He came for us all. That's why he came of a lowly birth. That's why he came with things, that, because he knew It was for everyone, not just for the rich and famous like we try to make it work out to be. Folks, they got nothing on us. I don't care who they are or where they come from. We worship the newborn King, the Savior of the world. He is the reason we are sitting here today. If it's not, we need to reevaluate what's going on. Because Christ came for you and for me to save us, to show us a better way, to show us joy. And to have that joy, we have to have faith, don't we? What is the faith? The Bible will tell us in Hebrews 11.1, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Folks, we don't see it, but we sure do experience it. And when you've experienced Christ's presence in your life, you have the faith to know that that's Christ's presence. Guess what? You have joy. What a glorious time of year this is. What a glorious God we serve that would send His Son so that we could live and that we might experience all of his blessings, and all of his joy. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence, and we thank you we're able to experience all of this. Lord, we sure didn't deserve it, and we sure don't understand why you would do that for us, but we are grateful, and we are thankful, and Lord, we want to express that joy to those around us. Lord, this world needs joy desperately. Help us to spread it. Help us, Lord, to experience it. Help us, Lord, to share it. Thank you for your presence. You are worthy of our praise and our worship. In Jesus' name, amen. This is our title of invitation. We invite you to come if you'd like to receive Christ. If you've never experienced Christ as your Savior and received him, this would be a great day to do that. You may would like to unite with Forest Heights. We would love to have you as part of this congregation. There may be other decisions you need to make. This is your time as we sing.